Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back. Darren Mitchell here. You're listening to another brand new episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast coming to you on this Tuesday, the 26th of September, 2023 from a different location. Normally, I record these podcasts in my home office in the Macedon Rangers in Victoria. Today, I happen to be in Sydney. I've uh, been up here a few times over the last few weeks working with a very, very well-known and very iconic Australian brand, helping them and their people do some cool stuff within their business. Uh, so on this particular day, I'm sitting in uh, I'm sitting in my hotel room actually in uh, in Sydney, just taking some time out to record this particular podcast because I think it's a really important message, particularly for leaders to grab hold of because sometimes we can overcomplicate uh, what should be relatively simple. And we can sometimes uh, spend too much time sweating, uh, sweating a lot of things that perhaps don't necessarily add a huge amount of value. So in this particular episode, we're gonna talk about how we do the small things is representative of how we do everything, which is off the back of a LinkedIn post that I placed onto obviously LinkedIn on Sunday night. And uh, hopefully this message hits you just at the right time. So if you are a brand new listener, brand new subscriber, greatly appreciate you a finding the podcast, but also listening into this particular episode. I hope and I trust that the information I'm about to share with you is relevant to you, but also helps you on your quest to become an exceptional sales leader and in the process helping your team become exceptional at what they do, which ultimately will help them deliver those results that over time become sustainable, but also replicable. And of course, if you are a returning listener, greatly appreciate you listening in, plugging in. Uh, It's always great to get feedback from people who are listening in on a regular basis and uh, really, really appreciate the comments, the feedback, and the fact that people are, in most cases, resonating with what the topics are that we're covering, uh, whether that be just me banging into a microphone or the interviews that I'm doing. So uh, thank you very much, and I look forward to, hopefully, continuing to provide more and more value as we move forward. So as we kick off the brand new week, I know it's second day into the week, uh, but I didn't get a chance to record one yesterday because I was flat out running workshops. But uh, in this particular episode, I want to talk about how we actually do the small things is how we do everything. And one of the key things I often talk about to teams, and particularly leadership teams, is the fact that they are being watched like a hawk. And it's something that not a lot of leaders spend a lot of conscious effort really thinking about and focusing on. And when we talk about this, it's really critical to understand what you stand for, what you represent, because with people watching you, you've got to be really conscious of the example you set, and it's not so much what you say, uh, and in many cases, not a, not always about how you say things, it's more the actions that you take, because people are watching you, and often they're watching you from a distance. So they're watching you on how you walk into a meeting, how you walk from the coffee shop back to the office, and in some cases, as simple as they're watching you when you get out of a car, when you get out of an Uber, when you get out of a taxi, or if you take public transport, how you walk into the building because your physiology, your body language will talk a lot about what's going on inside your head in many, many cases. And the unfortunate thing is a lot of people, not just leaders, but a lot of people are not necessarily consciously aware of the images they're portraying or the impressions they're creating as they move their body. 
And so if we can get a lot more conscious around this, it means that we can be a lot more um, intentional with what we do and therefore increase the opportunity of actually getting our message across. And in many cases, particularly when you're a leader, you want to make sure that you're influencing as much as possible because we will talk about this all the time, that at the end of the day, leadership is influence and influence is leadership. That is a fact. So the first thing is, as a leader, we've got to be aware that every single move that we make is being watched like a hawk. And what our team is expecting us to do is they're expecting us to set the example. So one of the things I talk a lot to leaders about is many of us will have a to-do list and we sit down at the start of the day or perhaps at the end of the previous day and map out what are the things we need to get done the next day so that we can move the dial forward, make some impacts, uh, create some, in some cases, havoc, but hopefully create some momentum to move forward. And setting the example is a great thing, but a lot of a lot of leaders spend too much time focusing on what is the to-do list. So what are the things I need to get done? What are the activities? What are the projects? What are the tasks? We need to think a lot more, though, about what is our to-be list. So what is going to be on that to-be list, which means one of the key things to think about is how do I become and how do I continue to be a model of excellence that will lead to exceptional and sustainable results? So that means be really intentional with the example that you want to set. So it's little things, and this is why the topic of this particular conversation is such an important thing, because it's the small things that make such a massive difference. Now, in and of themselves, these little things may sound incidental, and you might be sitting there thinking, well, they're not really important, but I can guarantee you over time, they can actually have a significant impact. And when you combine all of these, they can have a massive impact, not only on your own reputation, but also the environment that you create. Because the other thing we need to be conscious of, of course, is that our team is and always will be a reflection of us. So if you're seeing things play out in your team, sometimes we can look at that and, and often become quite critical in terms of what's our team doing or what our team is not doing. But you know what we really need to do? We really need to look, at, look ourselves in the mirror and say, okay, what is it that I'm doing or not doing? that is leading to these behaviors playing out in my team. And it does start with the small things. So I just wanted to talk through seven thoughts that I had in relation to this. And if you're a leader right now listening to this and thinking, well, I'm really good at at doing all the things. I'm really good at the project work. I'm really good at doing the activity stuff. But I really haven't sat down and thought about the to-be list. Then just take on these for what they're worth. Uh, give these some consideration, but also just ask you the, ask yourself the question, am I demonstrating these? Am I conscious of these every single day? And if you're not, just consider the fact that if you place some focus on these things over the next, say, 30 days, what could you do in terms of creating a habit that over time could become a unconsciously competent habit, which then has you on autopilot? And it means that you're going to be constantly the model of excellence that people are going to aspire to be like, but they're going to model what you do. So you're setting the example and you're demonstrating what it is to be that model of excellence. So it does start with the small thing. So the first thing to think about is is this. How you turn up each day matters. Now, uh, it's easy to say just be optimistic and this is not one of these positive psychology, woo-woo, everything's fantastic despite what's going on because we do know that things are going to happen and sometimes things are going to happen that are beyond our control. However, you have a choice and we have a choice and I have a choice and everybody has a choice. Not that many people actually understand this, but we all have a choice in terms of how we turn up every single day. So we can wake up in the morning and our first thought could be, oh my God, it's Monday. What a terrible day. It's the worst day of the week. The weekend went too fast. 
and therefore you can start the day with a little bit of a glass half empty type of approach or more of a pessimistic type of approach or you can wake up and say you know what today is monday today is the best day of the week today is an opportunity i've been rested i've been recuperated i've been re-energized i'm now ready to reload because today could be the day that makes all the difference so i'm going to start the day with a glass half full type of approach so how you turn up each day matters which means how you turn up into the office what happens when you get out of your car what happens when you get out of the uber what happens when you get out of the lift and you come into your team's environment are you demonstrating a glass half full type of an approach and it's not what you say you got to think about what is the physiology that i want to demonstrate because people are going to be watching so how you turn up each day number one is is what matters and choose to be optimistic number two how you engage with your team members also matters so one of the key things I've, I've learned and I've, I've had this for many, many years, I was doing a lot of work with some big companies and one of the big companies, which I won't necessarily mention, but walking into their head office a number of times, uh, the example was not great. And you could literally walk through those particular offices and they're all open plan. And there was this feeling within the group, there was this feeling on the floor that it wasn't necessarily optimistic and it wasn't a good vibe. And when I observed the leaders as they walked through those particular floors and how they engaged or not with their teams, I noticed a very interesting thing. The vast majority of leaders would get out of the lift, walk through the area, get to their office, close their door, and sit down and start to work. And literally, they ignored their people as they were making their way through the office space to their desk or to their office. And that creates, whether they knew it or not, um, well, they did not because I, I started to explain it to them. That created a culture where they were not looked upon as being good leaders because effectively the interpretation that people were having as they walked through and weren't engaging with them is my leaders don't care. They're obviously, whatever's on their mind is far more important than us. So therefore, we didn't have a level of credibility associated with those particular leaders because how you engage with your team matters. So as you walk through, and, and John Maxwell, the great leadership um, coach, leadership writer, leadership expert, always talks about the concept of walking slowly through the crowd. Now, you might be in a hurry to get to a meeting. You might be running late for a meeting. But how you walk through your environment and how you engage with your team matters because it's those little moments of truth and those little seconds or, or micro minutes that can leave an indelible impression on those people because of how you made that person feel because of where you put your attention. So if you engage with your team, if you do simple things like walking through in the morning and saying hello and good morning and just stopping and having some ad hoc conversations, and it doesn't have to be onerous, and it certainly doesn't have to take a lot of time, but if you can do that, you'd be amazed at how quickly you can turn that culture around and how you can build a level of engagement within your team simply by being interested in your team members. So engage with your team members in a positive way, but also encourage them and seek to serve them constantly. We, you've, you've been listening to the podcast a while, you know that I'm a big proponent of servant-based leadership, so it's not about what your team can do for you, it is what you can do for your team. So look for ways where you can constantly encourage and seek to serve them on a consistent basis. Number three, how you prioritize custom interactions matters. This will move the needle forward. I'm staggered at the number of executives who prioritize internal meetings over external customer interactions. And uh, for want of a better term, sometimes it's simple internal navel gazing. Adds no value, but they think they're actually adding value because they're quote unquote strategizing. In a sales game, if you're not spending time with your customers, guaranteed somebody else 
and highly likely your competitors are going to be spending time with your customers. So prioritize customer interactions. And I always said to my team that, you know what, uh, if there's a customer interaction that is clashing with an internal interaction, the customer always takes precedence because at the end of the day, if we don't have, do not have customers, we do not have revenue and we do not have an opportunity to grow. So prioritize your custom interactions because they do matter. And these are gonna move the needle forward. Now, it may not necessarily guarantee that you're gonna turn a customer interaction into a signed contract, but one thing I do know is if you do not have a customer interaction and if it's not an intentional customer interaction, there will not be any movement towards a contract anyway. So might as well prioritize your customer interactions because they do matter. The next one, number four, is how you turn up to meetings. This matters. I have lost count of the number of meetings that I've gone to, and one of the things I teach leaders all the time, and also non-leaders around productivity, is if you're having meeting requests sent to you, and if the person sending you that meeting request is not really crystal clear in terms of what the purpose of the meeting is, and if they don't give you things like an agenda, an action list, or a purpose, then decline the meeting. Unfortunately, and I don't understand this, in many organizations, it's almost this unwritten ground rule that if somebody, particularly if somebody is higher in the hierarchy, sends you a meeting request, then it's almost like an automatic expectation that you will accept that meeting request without question. And we need to change that because you need to be prepared. So how you turn up to meetings prepare, pre- prepared or not matters. So just think about this. You turn up to a meeting as a, as a sales leader you start running that meeting and you've got no agenda and you start with, so what is going on? Tell me what's been happening. Uh, You're gonna get crickets and you're also gonna create an impression of your team and to your team that you are not prepared, which could translate into you do not care about your team. So how you turn up to meetings is 100% critical to what happens to the culture that you build within your team. And it only takes five minutes at at the worst case to actually get prepared for a meeting because you're gonna be thinking about three key things. What do you want your team to be thinking as a result of this particular meeting? How do you want your team to be feeling as a result of this meeting? And specifically, what is it that you want your team to do as a consequence of these meetings? So if you just did those three things, you're gonna be prepared, more prepared and better prepared for meetings, but you're also gonna turn up on time, if not early. So do not turn up to meetings not prepared because how you turn up matters. I remember one of my first uh, earliest mentors, you always used to say, if you turn up on time, you are late. To be on time is to be early. So turn up early and be prepared because the meeting is gonna start at nine. It doesn't mean you walk into the meeting room at nine. You need to walk in there at least five minutes to 10 minutes beforehand. So how you turn up to meetings is going to matter because again, it's the impression that you create. The The next one is number five, is how you respond to requests matters. So what is your standard in terms of requests? Now these requests could be things like voicemails, it could be requests for information, it could be uh, emails that are being sent. Do you meet or exceed expectations every single time or do you have standards that lapse based on whatever circumstance is actually in front of you at the time? So think about this, how you respond to every single request is gonna create or diminish a impression that you're creating in the audience of which you're sending those emails or those requests back to. So how you respond to these requests matters. What is your standard? What is your expectation? Um, Are you sending back things ad hoc? Are you giving no thought to some of these responses and therefore there might be 
spelling mistakes, grammatical errors, or you might actually be missing complete context. So any of those things, it just takes a little bit of time to sit back and think about what is the intention? What is my intention for this particular email? What is my intention for this particular phone call? What is the ideal outcome I'm looking for? Which is linked to the previous one, we're thinking about those three things. How do you want this particular person to think, feel, and do? That can give you a lot more information to then be more intentional with how you respond to requests because how you do respond is gonna be uh, mattering a lot because people are gonna be interpreting whatever they happen to interpret based on what's going on in their world at that particular time. And if you're not intentional, if you're not crystal clear of that communication, it could be misinterpreted. The sixth one is probably one of the biggest ones that uh, leaders need to spend a lot more time on. And, uh, and unfortunately, when I ask leaders this question, uh, overwhelmingly they say, yep, we are, we are definitely good in this particular area, but uh, I, I tend to disagree because there's enough evidence to suggest that even people who think they are good at this uh, are actually not as good as they perhaps think they are. And that is how you listen matters. Be an active listener. And I often say to teams, and I said this yesterday to the group, that the greatest gift you can give another human being, particularly people in your team, is the gift of your attention. So when you've got somebody in front of you, be not distracted by your mobile phone, don't be distracted by your iPad, don't be distracted by what's going on in the environment. Be 100% focused on the person who is in front of you because how you listen matters. And just think about this, when you're with somebody who is actively listening to you and they are fully present to you, how does that make you feel? And also, what happens now to the level of credibility that that person has in your mind because they are 100% present to you. So how you listen actually matters. So be an active listener and remember that the greatest gift you can give another human being is the gift of your attention. And the final one that I wanna talk about today is how you plan your day matters. And it's linked to the meeting requests and the meetings that we talked about a little bit earlier because if you're in control of your diary, it means that somebody else is not because if you're, if you're not controlling it, if you don't have control of your daily agenda, then other people will. And John Maxwell, again, is, is famous for saying success is actually built on the backdrop of your daily agenda and what you do on a daily basis, which is then compounded over time. So take control of your diary and be very, very intentional with what you're gonna do and how you're gonna plan your day. So that means that if you've got a seven hour day, you're not gonna cram it with just ad hoc meetings. You're certainly not gonna cram it with email. Uh, you're going to be very intentional with what you do and if you can break that down into either 15 minute increments or 50 minute increments and be very intentional with how you're going to use that time and then stick to it you'd be amazed at what's going to happen uh, you're also in the process starting to condition other people on when you are going to be more receptive and more available in terms of different time zones so uh, plan your day and how you plan your day absolutely matters. So there's some seven things to think about which in and of themselves may sound really small and may sound quite incidental, but I guarantee if you do this over time and if you add those together, they can have an exponential impact on not only your productivity, but also how you do everything, which leads to the impressions you create and therefore the reputation you build. So everything we do, and think about this as we wrap up this particular episode, every single thing we do as a strategy, and whilst these things, the small stuff may not appear to be important or even relevant, on the surface, it's the strategy behind it which will indicate just how successful we're going to be and ultimately how influential we are going to be. So on this particular day, the 26th of September, as we begin the brand new week, uh, identify two to three small things on your priority list and focus on your attention on doing these really, really well as this 
will have a positive flow and effect, not only to your team, but also guarantee to your results. Because how you do the small things is how you do everything, period. So here is to a very, very productive week. And uh, I trust that this message resonates and I trust that this message meets you at the right time to hear it. And I'm hoping that it is planting some seeds in some fertile soil. And uh, with that, if you'd like some assistance, if you like, if you're curious or interested in working with a mentor, or in fact, if you're looking for some assistance to help uh, unleash the potential of your sales team, uh, I'd love to have a conversation about how I may be able to help you do just that. Simply go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, we'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation about where you're at, where your team's at, what you're looking to achieve over the next three months, and uh, let's map out a plan. Let's map out a strategy. Let's focus on the small things you can do that if you do these over time, they're going to compound and have extraordinary, extraordinary results. So with that said, thanks very much for plugging into the podcast. Enjoy the rest of the working week. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.